think we gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like you're never gonna see us again. Good evening, everyone. It is 9 p.m. and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, March 20th, 2012, the first day of spring. Welcome to a show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino, along with my tag team partner and co-host, David Gomez. Sir, how are you this evening? I'm doing fabulous, sir. And yourself? I'm doing well. We've got an action-packed show. And, folks, we've been through so many different milestones here on Pure Gold. We've you know, made it through one month. We've made it through one year. And, folks, tonight is episode number 100. DG, can you believe we are in triple digits? I cannot believe it, as a matter of fact, and it's definitely a special episode. I thought for sure this thing would have blown up about 20 episodes in. You and I would have uh, pissed each other off and stopped being friends, and the show would have been over. But you know what? Somehow we've managed to make it through about, what, 16 months now. And I don't know how many. We've been through every season, sir, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting, I must admit. Yep, and tonight on Pure Gold, episode number 100, We've got Dave LaGreca stopping by to talk from Busted Open to talk about a little bit about WrestleMania, which is only a couple weeks away. We'll have TJ Todd Johnstone giving us some NFL updates, some happenings here and there, especially talking about Peyton Manning. We will have a blast from the past, Hans, talking about some entertainment, movies and shows that have been canceled, all that good stuff with him. We've got Pyro coming on later tonight to talk some more WrestleMania, and we're going to, if we have time, <laughs> sir... If we have time, we'll be talking about the Mets and how they have settled things out of court and now are ready to hopefully resume an actual baseball team and hopefully put a competitive team on the field. All that and a bag of chips because it's episode number 100, sir, the contact information. The contact information, as always, folks, if you'd like to be a part of the show, 714-364-4721. Check out our website, puregoldpg.com. You can find our Twitters, our Facebook, YouTube, and most importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes. Put that all aside, we are proud and we are privileged to be joined by the one and only Mr. David LaGreca, the king of Busted Open on Sirius XM. Dave, how are you doing this evening, sir? Congratulations, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, Dave. How's, how's everything in your neck of the woods? Well, you know, it's pretty busy, obviously. Like you just said, WrestleMania is less than two weeks away, and then... You know, also being part of the NFL channel with Peyton Manning uh, signing on with the Broncos, it's been a crazy 24 hours. Dave, let me ask you real quick about Peyton. What do you think about that move? Well, you know, it's it's funny because uh, I was just having a conversation, you know, like Peyton Manning has a lot of question marks, you know, obviously with the injuries, his age. But whenever you have a chance to get – someone that the caliber of a Peyton Manning. I mean, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, and to have an opportunity, obviously, to work with John Elliott, who's another uh, legendary quarterback, you have to make that move. And it's funny because Tim Tebow, a lot of people complained about that he couldn't get it done. But he he took them to the playoffs. They won a playoff game. It, it, it's hard to let somebody like that go. I, I, think there, I still think there's an upside with Tim Tebow. He's young. He's a great athlete. But when you have an opportunity to get Peyton Manning, you have to make the move. 
Oh, of course, of course. I mean, Peyton, like you said, is legendary. For a second there, I thought you were going to say he's going to work alongside John Cena, but but, but you threw out John Elway. Now, uh, I just had to get that quick since you mentioned the NFL channel, but uh, or the NFL Network. But, you know, let's move to something big. Let's move to one of the greats of all time. First thing I'd like to get into, sir, The Rock and John Cena. Now, for me personally as a fan, uh, this year build, it was stale with The Rock not showing up. It's gotten much better in weeks. Uh, I'm definitely invested in it personally. I thought for the most part the promos have been pretty good except for that empty arena uh, shtick with Cena. But I'd like to get your take on this because I haven't been able to listen to the show for for a couple of weeks. Um, people have been complaining Shame. about the – yeah, well, you know, I, my, my subscription ran out and I'm I'm trying to figure out how to, you know, how to work around that. So I, I have it in the car, but I can't leave my job to go to my car, you know, for two hours on a, on a three days a week. So I'm trying to figure out something around there. But people have been complaining about The Rock phoning it in. Do you think that he's been phoning it in? Well, I don't know if I would call it phoning it in. uh, But my take on it as a wrestling fan, Rock John Cena, to me, is not the match that I'm most looking forward to. It's not even even the second match I'm looking forward to. You know, the first match is Undertaker – uh, Triple H, Hell in a Cell, and then the second would be Jericho and CM Punk, and this match is third. Now they're billing it as the match of the century. You know, they're comparing right. it to to Hogan, Andre. It just doesn't have that feel to it. I don't think it's been a great build, and and as far as Rock phoning it in, I don't think that's true. But at the same time, it doesn't sound or seem to me like he's taking it seriously. And that's why, to me, it's it's not a good build-up to the match. You know, and I'll compare it to – let's just compare it to um, Hogan and Andre. Because it, it does have that same type of feel to it. You know, icon versus icon. Uh, you know, the coin, the building at the match of the century. You know, when Hogan was facing Andre, there was a lot of drama going into that match. You know, there – they they hated each other. There was a hatred there, but at, yet at the same time there was respect there. Right. You know that when they were doing the promos back and forth, you know, Hogan, even though he was upset, he was angry. There was bitterness. He built Andre up as the eighth wonder of the world. Now, Andre the same thing. He you know he was the world heavyweight champion. He wanted a chance at that title, and it was the icon versus icon. It's not the same thing with The Rock and John Cena. You know for you know, I mean, what could have a buildup with Hogan Andre have been if Andre was, you know, Andre said, ah, you know, Hogan's bald, he's only got three moves, he's not much of a champion. <laughs> and if Hogan turned around and said that Andre's, you know, he's got, he's got a bad back, he's past his prime, he can't wrestle. I mean, that that exact that wouldn't have been a good build into that match. Why would people no, want to see not. a match with those two guys? Well, that's what we're getting with The Rock and John Cena. The, the the best thing about The Rock, even more than his charisma and his ability in the ring, it's the way he cut the promo. And then the first thing John Cena does is he talks about the bullet points that he had written on his wrist. You know, and 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 The Rock in turn is saying that John Cena is terrible. You know, he, he he only kids like him. He just totally stripped them down. So to me, there's they haven't given me a reason to want to watch this match. I mean, all they've done is rip each other to the point where they didn't build each other up at all. And to me, and, and it's equal to the amount that the match hasn't been built up. And I'll just compare it now, fast forward to now with The Undertaker and Triple H. There's 
bitterness and hatred between The Undertaker and Triple H, but yet there's that respect factor. Right, Triple right, H, right. Triple H is saying that I can beat this guy, but at the same time he's saying, you know, The Undertaker, the, he, he built up the streak, built up how great The Undertaker is. You're not getting that from The Rock and John Cena. To me, they haven't given me a reason to get psyched up for that match at all. And again, for all the buildup, which they've had a year to build this matchup, they haven't done a good job for it. And look what The Undertaker and Triple H, even though it's been a short time that they've been building up that match, there's so much drama that you could cut it with a knife. And that's the match that I'm most looking forward to at WrestleMania. Dave, before we get to that match, since we only have you for about another like 13 minutes, my producer's calling me in my ear here. And I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) That's okay. I'm just busting chops. But just since we we (laughs) won't have you on next week, and that's going to be the last week before WrestleMania, give us the pure gold exclusive. What do you think happens in the match, and uh, who wins? Well, real quick, let me, you know, for anybody that listens to Busted Open, you know, Busted Open's going to be in Miami uh, for WrestleMania. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of shows WrestleMania weekend starting, you know, Friday, and we're going to be doing shows Saturday. We're going to do a pregame for WrestleMania. We're going to do a post after WrestleMania, and then we're going to fly back to New York to be able to be in the studio for Monday afternoon show. But that being said, um, you know, you talked about (laughs) – I just wanted to throw that out there, but you talk about The Undertaker, Triple H, and, um, you know, listen, the streak – it's not going to be broken. It never will be broken. But what they've done is, even though you know it's not going to, the streak is not going to end. They they put a little doubt in your mind about the possibility of it happening. And we always talk about if the streak was to end, what young wrestler would they give that opportunity to? Who would they give that rub to, to kind of make that person the next guy? And I don't think you necessarily have to do that. I think. If the streak was going to end, Triple H would be the perfect person to end the streak. I agree. I know that sounds crazy, but I think Triple H would be the person to end the streak. Is so, is is Shawn Michaels going to play any role in it? Is he going to like decide that he is the better man between Triple H, and is he going to screw Triple H out of that match? See, this is where that's the wild card in the whole thing, and and that adds to the drama. But at the same time, if Shawn Michaels was to interfere in this match, either way, whether he interferes in favor of Triple H or against Triple H, it hurts the streak. I think. Yep. Like if Shawn Michaels interferes in the match, and you know, say you know the ref's back is turned and he super kicks Triple H and Undertaker gets the pin, I think that tarnishes the streak a little bit. So right. I, I'm I'm interested to see how this whole thing plays out. It's interesting, and you know, John, I have talked about this off the air and even on the show. I personally, I'm not looking forward to this match only because we saw it last year. Um, I don't know how they're going to top it. The Hell in a Cell is a great gimmick, and Triple H made a good point last night. But I think to me, I would love it if it was a triple threat. It's not a triple threat. Sean's not in it. Sean's not going to come back to wrestle unless they somehow would sell it on that that Sean Sean does something and then him and Triple H get into it, then, I mean, all right, that would be worth it. But to me, they're just throwing extra periphery stuff that you don't need because, like you said, you can't taint the streak. You can't have him uh, get screwed to lose, and you can't have him, you know, cheat to win. So either way, it's kind of a a lose-lose situation in that sense. I mean, they'll put on a good match because of who they are. But um, I I don't know. I mean, my my match that I'm really looking forward to personally is, uh, is the next match I'd like to get into. But real quick, Dave, Rock or Cena, who do you think is going to win that one? 
it has to be it has to be Cena. And my one fear is, you know, and you've probably heard about this, but there's rumors that somehow, somewhere, the Miz is going to get involved in this yes, match. Yes, He's going to yes, interfere in this match, and you know, it sounds crazy, but. You know, it was Miz and John Cena at last year's WrestleMania. I mean, the Miz has completely fallen off in in the last twelve months. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, you think about once WrestleMania ends, you're not going to see The Rock for a while. Now, you know, there's now there's talk that he's going to be involved in next year's WrestleMania, but you're not right. going to see The Rock for a while. So where does John Cena go from this match? You know, so I think. He needs to win, but but also you need a storyline. Yep. For John Cena, once this match is over, so don't don't be shocked if the Miz does factor in. But I think it has to be John Cena that wins this match. Yeah, you know, from the from the company perspective, I would think so. But it would make sense the way they've played the Miz, the way he's been cutting these promos, and I know I know you you hate his guts uh, to the point where you know I wonder if it's personal, but um, the truth is that. He's got no place at WrestleMania unless he somehow interferes in this match. What I could see them doing, he tries to screw Cena, tries to help The Rock, and then, you know, he gets tossed out or whatever, and then that causes friction between him and Cena. That's pretty much the only thing I can think of. But uh, the one match that I'm personally looking forward to the most would have to be CM Punk against Chris Jericho. I was actually in Best Buy right before I, uh, you know, for the show, and I heard a couple mm-hmm. of guys talking about it, some fans or whatever. You know, one guy, oh, Punk sucks. The other guy, you know, I love Jericho. And to me, you know, the whole alcoholic father, now the sister, the way that Jericho has been playing it has been good. I think it's tough, though, because you have three feuds, the top three feuds, all nothing but verbal. There's no physicality between Rock and Cena, no physicality between Taker and Triple H. And I almost think that Punk and Jericho has hurt a little bit because there's been no physicality between them either. It's just been guys talking. Uh, Give us your take on that, and what do you think about the build of this match so far? I think the build's been amazing, and yeah, I can understand why this is the match that you're most looking forward to because, you know, you know it's going to be a great match because even though Jericho's been on the leave of absence, he's amazing in the ring, and CM Punk has done a great job, and I think he's probably one or two of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Definitely. and, and I love the storyline that they're doing, and I love Jericho's promo last night on Raw where he was apologizing about that was making great. those remarks about <laughs> and then saying about his sister. So, you know, and, and again, they, you know, this is something that could carry on after WrestleMania. I mean, you know, we're going to see it play out over the next week or two, but there's going to be a storyline going out of WrestleMania. So I think, this was needed because you kind of forget with all the hype about Rock and John Cena and all the hype about The Undertaker and Triple H, CM Punk is the WWE champion. Yeah. And he is the title holder. And, you know, it's a, it's a shame that it's kind of been overlooked, but it is the third third match down on there, in the WWE's eyes anyway. It is the third match down on the card. But they're doing their best, and, and and probably when it's all said and done and we look back at this year's WrestleMania, that's the match that we're going to say is the, the match that was the best on the card. Definitely. And when they have, you know, when we, we look back 20 years from now, we look back at some of the best matches at WrestleMania, it wouldn't shock me if one of the matches that we talk about is, you know, Jericho CM Punk from this year. Dave, when we talk about, you know, 
big matches. I got to admit, the, the match uh, on SmackDown with, you know, the World Heavyweight title with Daniel Bryan and Sheamus, I think from the get-go, I think this feud has been pieced together very poorly. I thought Sheamus winning the Royal Rumble was a mistake. I thought Jericho should have won it, and then he would have challenged Punk. I don't like the way they set that up. And now I, I think that, you know, you have a World Heavyweight title match, and I don't think it has no sizzle, no nothing to it. I mean, maybe it's because I don't watch uh, SmackDown enough, but do you think this match will live up to its building? I mean, I think it's been built up pretty crap, crappily. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's going up against the wrong guy, Daniel Bryan. I mean, I think right. this match would be much better if he was going up against Randy Orton. But unfortunately, with Randy Orton getting hurt and he was out and they couldn't build a storyline and, you know, Randy Orton's in a throwaway match with Kane. I mean, at least if Wade Barrett, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate because with Wade Barrett getting hurt, um, yeah, that's hurt that's a lot about what's going on. But, I, you know, I would have loved to see Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton. And you're right. This Sheamus, I think, is a superstar. I love Sheamus, but I'm really not interested in this match. I think it's fun because that, that was the dark match last year, and I think it could be a really good match, but you're right. You know, it kind of seems like that was thrown together, and that's and you could say that about a lot of what's going on at, at this card at WrestleMania. It's very, very top heavy. You get yeah, those sorry. three great matches at the top that I think are, you know, are you know are hyped up, and you know, you could say what you want about what you think are going to happen out of those three matches, but they really did a bad job with the rest of the card, and I think it's totally been agree. thrown together, and it's something that they need to look at moving forward that they have to do a better job of building up feuds in WWE. It, it seems like all they care about is WrestleMania, but they don't think about WrestleMania until January. They need yep. to start thinking about it a lot sooner. That's a good point. That's actually a great point, Dave, because that's true. When you look at this card, like I saw online that uh, Beth Phoenix and Eve, not that I, we care about the Divas matches because, you know, they're so terrible, unfortunately. Uh, Beth and Eve against Maria Menounis and uh, Kelly Kelly was thrown together like on, on some video on Extra or whatever, Entertainment Tonight, I forget what show she's on. That to me is like, all right, now we're throwing another match in there. I, Joe and I both loathe Randy Orton, but I was thinking about this before you said it. This is a horrendous spot for him. Him against Kane, it, it's just terrible. I mean, at least with Cody Rhodes in the Big Show, which is not a, a great match, Cody has been doing everything he can to try to get this over. He's been trying, you know, he's really thrown himself into the story where, it, it, not that there's much invested there, but Cody at least is giving it 100%, and you can tell, even though he's been put in a bad spot. But I almost feel bad for Randy Orton. I mean, this guy, you know been the multiple-time world heavyweight champion, et cetera, et cetera, and he's just in this, this this feud with Kane that makes no sense. I mean, you know, real quick, Dave, since we know you have to go, give us your thoughts on the other couple of matches that are left on the card, The the you know, the like you said, the stuff that's just been kind of slapped together. Yeah, I mean, in, in you're right. Cody Rhodes has been great, um, but he deserves a better spot. I mean, I'm not yeah. really looking forward to that match at all. I mean, what's going to come out of that match? I mean, what, what could the big show really – give you at this point I and mean, he's not going to give you a great match and you know and, and then Morinitis and, and, and Teddy Long that match I mean that's not something that I think is going to be very exciting like you mentioned the Divas match and it, it, I, like I said there's to me it's you know one two and three A and then there's four B with Sheamus and Daniel Bryan and after those four matches there's really nothing there and you know, I think it also hurts with not having the money in the bag. I mean, I know we didn't have it last year, but I think WrestleMania really suffers because I think that was the highlight 
having the Definitely. money in the bank match. And, you know, if, think about that. If there was a money in the bank match, and you talk about if there would be at least five very good matches at this year's WrestleMania. But you, know, when you lose money in the bank and then you have the silly Laurinaitis, Teddy Long uh, match, I, you know, it's it's the first half of that card. You know, and th- stranger things have happened. It could be good. You know, Cody Rhodes and Big Show might show you something, but – I, I kind of doubt it at this point. I really think that, you know, on paper, you know, you're looking at just, you know, three three maybe possible great matches and one very good match and then it's just everything else. Yeah, you know, I, I agree. And, and it's true. They they really could have reworked the card. They could have just thrown Kane and Big Show together, you know, whatever, put Orton in the World Heavyweight title match, give it some sizzle, and then have Rhodes against Goldust, which people probably would have liked to have seen more than in Rhodes against Big Show. But, I mean, it is what it is, but Dave, you know, we thank you so much for uh, for giving us a few minutes and, and giving us your take. We definitely would love to have you on again in the future, maybe a little bit after WrestleMania, so we can talk about um, the aftermath of it and, and kind of what happened. But uh, again, thanks so much for joining us, sir. No, thank you, and uh, congratulations once again. Thank you. Thanks, have Dave. a wonderful evening, and say hi to Doug for us. You got it, buddy. All right, take Bye. care. Folks, that was the one and only, the icon. The icon himself, and man, I forgot to ask him about that. Joe, if we had more time, I was going to ask Dave what he thought about Sting being an icon or not being an icon. I totally (laughs) forgot, man. I I really messed that one up because Dave is a longtime uh, wrestling fan. But, uh, man, anyway, that was Dave LaGreca from uh, Busted Open on uh, on Sirius XM, and uh, he is uh, truly one of the greats. And uh, before we uh, move on to our next segment, let's uh, get a little break for you folks. What's up, everyone? This is Bright Lights Jared Foster, the man of a thousand bulbs and Mr. Entertainment himself. A reoccurring guest, nonetheless, on Pure Gold Radio. And what I want you to do is check out my friends, Dave and Joe, as they deliver nonstop entertainment week after week with amazing guests discussing everything from wrestling and sports to entertainment. You name it, it's talked about, and it's only talked about in one place, Pure Gold Radio. And you can find them at puregoldpg.com. That's puregoldpg.com. Speaking of Pure Gold, this is Pure Gold Radio, episode 100. And we're talking about great interviews, talking about great segments. We just had one. We're going to shift into another. We're going to talk a little bit more wrestling with our longtime cohort, the one and only Pyro Falcon from OnlineOnslaught.com. Pyro, how in the heck are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, guys. Uh, congrats on the 100 episodes. But, uh, you know, you may uh, say that you thought it would blow up after 20, but, you know, ever since I first joined you for, what, the, your 12th episode, I knew you guys were awesome. So uh, I'm not surprised at all you made it this far. Thank you As much. always, Pyro, the check is in the mail. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let me ask you, Pyro. I mean, we're talking about WrestleMania. We t- we just talked to Dave from Busted Open, and now we have you. What have you been working on in terms of putting st- uh, content on your website? And um, are you ready for WrestleMania? Uh, I am definitely ready for WrestleMania. Uh, a few uh, right before Christmas, I wound up buying myself a brand new widescreen high definition TV. Nice. So uh, this will be the first pay per view I'll watch in uh, in 3D, which is great, or not 3D, high def. Which is great, because now we'll get to see Rosa Mendez in high def. But, you know, the trade-off is Mark Henry in high def, so, yeah. There you go. 
<laughs> but, uh, yes, as far as online onslaught goes, uh, I'm writing a WrestleMania preview column, as I have the last couple years. So uh, any last fans can take a look at that at onlineonslaught.com. It'll probably be up next week around the middle of the week. Um, but it'll uh, not only catch up uh, or preview all the matches, it'll preview what led up to the matches. That way last fans can take a look at it, catch up on the storylines, and see my awesome award-winning analysis about the whole thing. Wow, that's uh, that's quite a that's quite a little self promo there, Pyro. Uh, good job, but <laughs> uh, we, we definitely want to get into some. Uh, we definitely want to get into a little bit about Raw. Now, one note, and this is just the first thing that I thought of because as I was preparing my questions for Dave, I thought this would be better served for you. Um, Taker and Triple H. I'm going to start with that real quick. Um, they had their little speech last night, Shawn Michaels, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we covered it with Dave. I'm not looking forward to this match personally, but one thing I noticed about last night is that the, the Philly crowd, which is a smart crowd, they were pretty dead during this segment, which ended Raw, which kind of surprised me. But the truth is, it, it's as I mentioned it before, you have Rock and Cena, all promo. You have Jericho Punk, all promo, pretty much. Then you have Taker, Triple H, Michaels, all promo. They've had some combination of two of the three guys every single week for three, four weeks now. I mean, actually, probably more than that. It, it, I think it's getting to be a bit much, and the crowd just wasn't into the ending last night. Give us your thoughts on that. Well, absolutely, and it's been more than just a one-off thing. Other than Mark Henry, Cena, Cena hasn't had a match since uh, he had his, uh, what, Elimination Chamber match when he had his ambulance match against Kane. Um, So, you know, I mean, I I get it. They're saving everybody involved so no one gets hurt or no one, you know, is anything less than 100%. But, you know, this is professional wrestling. You know, the wrestling's a part of it, no matter how much WWE pretends it's not. And, uh Right now, every, the only people who are wrestling are the mid-carders and Jericho. And, you know, you, you need something more than that to get them hyped up. If it was just a one-off week where everybody was being promo happy, it probably wouldn't be so bad. But this is, what, the third, fourth, maybe even fifth week in a row that it's been so promo heavy that it's been, yeah. you know, it, it's entertaining in its own way, but it's still not wrestling. And no, that's why, you know, we show up. Now, Pyro, towards the end of that segment last night, it was kind of subtle, and they kind of focused in on it. They didn't fade to black right away. You had Undertaker tell Triple H that HBK was better, and then you had that little smirk by HBK. Uh, are we to believe that this is something that's going to happen at WrestleMania where potentially HBK doesn't want Triple H to to end the streak, or is that smirk just am I overanalyzing that smirk? I, I think the smirk is signaling that something is going to happen. Sean will probably screw with one or both guys. I don't know how exactly he'll do it, but I actually agree with Dave's, uh, Dave's analysis. The, the streak has to keep going, and I'm sure Undertaker will win. But the other thing is with everyone talking about end of an era, this and that, I, I don't see how, even if the streak continues, that Undertaker is going to have another match. I just have a feeling he's done after this year. And if that's the case, See, if Sean messes with the match, then all of Undertaker's bluster about that the match has to be pure, that Sean has to call it down the middle, if Sean messes with that at all, then you're going to wind up launching another feud and, you know, maybe go to 21-0 and and all that. And I don't think Undertaker can do it. So I think Sean might mess around. Maybe he'll super kick the jaw off both guys. But I think ultimately it'll be an even match, and Sean will honestly not be much of a factor. And, uh, you know, Undertaker Undertaker will take the win and then retire before next year's WrestleMania. 
Well, let me ask you, Pyro. If Sean's not going to be much of a factor, what's the point of having him in there? You have Triple H and Undertaker and a Hell in a Cell. To me, HBK, and I'm the biggest HBK fan on the planet. To me, it's just overkill to have Sean in this match in, at all. I, I think that the only reason, the, the main reason you would have Sean in there is for uh, the reason you actually mentioned before, where, you know, this is Triple H Undertaker 3 at WrestleMania, um, even though we're basically not acknowledging the first one. Anyway, right. Um, and, you know, even with the Hell in a Cell uh, gimmick, it'll be a very similar match. But when you add Sean into it, it becomes a different dynamic. There's a different feel. And I think by putting him in, even if there is no final impact with how the match is going to turn out, um, just the fact that he's there will make the whole match feel different. It'll give it a different vibe, and hopefully it'll differentiate it from last year's. So basically you're thinking just so it doesn't, people don't get bored of the same thing because it is a third time. They kind of threw exactly. Sean in there, uh, maybe a little bit of wild card. Now, I, that's a good point. I guess I hadn't really thought about that. It does make it different. But, again, to me, I think just the fact that you have the Hell in a Cell makes it different enough because these two have never fought one-on-one in the Hell in a Cell. Um, I got to I gotta ask the one thing here about Roxena. Now, this is, uh, you know, before I turn it over to my illustrious partner, uh, Joe Buccino, I noticed that a lot of people, and I, I commented this with Dave, a lot of people are complaining and, you know, pissing and moaning about uh, the Rock, the Rock, the Rock, the Rock. Oh, he's phoning it in. And I didn't mention this today, but i got to mention it to you. To me, and this is me personally, I've been a fan of the Rock since day one, since since the nation, since everything, since before, you know, when he, he became the actual Rock. When he was at his height, when he was at his peak, early 2000s, you know, late 90s, this is exactly the same kind of promos Rock cut. I think people have short attention spans and even shorter memories, especially those in the freaks in the internet wrestling community. The Rock is cutting the same exact promos, talking about penises and anus and this and that and your mama, blah, blah, blah. It's the same stuff, and I love it. I mean, some of the stuff. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of sticking stuff up people's butts and him always throwing that out there, but that that is his shtick. That is what he does, and I think fans are really just kind of exaggerating it to the point where, oh, the Rock's phoning in, the Rock's phoning in. It. Uh, Jim Ross on uh, one of the WWE roundtables went nuts about it. And how could you be so stupid? And the Rock's family may build, help build this business, and he has too much respect to to phone it in. And I agree with Jim, but I kind of wanted your take because everybody seems to think that the Rock is you know is is doing something different, or he's lent. this is exactly what he did when he was popular, but the fans don't seem to remember it. Yeah, I, you and I don't always see eye to eye on things, but I agree with you 100% on this. Um, I think what's going on is actually a symptom of the fact that, again, it's promo heavy, because back when Rock was at his peak, his promos weren't 20 minutes long. They were like five, if that. Yeah, and they were broken up by matches every week, or you could throw a match result into the promo, and you know it, it would be a variety. Right now, that's a great the, point, actually. Or the promo heavy weeks we've got, all we're hearing is Rock, you know, going off for 20 minutes about the same stuff. And you're right. I think it's extremely entertaining. And I also agree with Jim Ross that, you know, it's he he has too much respect to phone it in. He's proven that, that he has too much respect to uh, phone it in no matter what his appearance is. Um, but it's, you know, Rock has his go-to catchphrases and go-to uh, insults. And when that's all we're hearing for, you know, five weeks at a time, it will sound stale eventually. But, you know, I'm I'm still entertained. And as long as I'm entertained, you know, The Rock can stay on TV as long as he wants to. Well, great point, Pyro. That's that's why we pay the big bucks, because, like, me and DG definitely right. did not think of that. So, great point. 
Um, looking at the feud as a whole, though, do you think the experiment has worked? I mean, they, they started this feud a year ago. I mean, do they need to, and do you think it's been a success? Um, I, I believe if they had kept – well, let me actually back up my brain for a second – I think it has been an overall success. I didn't, that doesn't mean a good success. That doesn't mean a great success, but it worked. Um, when Cena first talked about it, he mentioned that he wants to, you know, get the WWE Championship and bring that into play, and that would have been a disaster. And I'm glad they didn't go for that route. But for the most part, um, even though they didn't really step up their bickering until the last uh, month or so, um, their whole thing is they've made it about the real issues. And, you know, who knows what they really feel about each other off camera anymore. Maybe they've kissed and made up. But, you know, Rock, uh, Cena's whole point is that Rock's not there. Rock's whole point is that Cena's, you know, super wigger and, uh, you know, a pandering <laughs> jerk. And, and But they're both right. And that's, that's what makes it compelling. They are both absolutely right. You know, Cena is, you know, that, that's been his problem this whole time. When he came out last week in his uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and, you know, Wigger get-up, I laughed. I couldn't take him seriously. You know, it's, <laughs> he's so ridiculous. He's become a cartoon of himself, and Rick is, uh, Rock is absolutely right. But, you know, like I said, Cena's right, too. Rock is, has been here for six weeks, but he'll, he'll leave again, and Rock can talk all he wants about never leaving and always being a part of WWE. But, you know, Cena's right that he's been there week in, week out, other than injuries, and Rock can't say that anymore. So, you know, in in that respect, I think the feud has worked. But my issue with the uh, feud is that um, the match is meaningless because, you know, once you get past all the bluster and all the rhetoric, Rock is going away, and him winning over Cena isn't really going to do anything for anybody. And Cena winning over Rock doesn't really help Cena that much because, you know, he's already the number one guy in the company, but at least, you know, I think Cena will actually win the match because it'll be a way of Rock passing the torch on to Cena and Cena carrying the company for the next five, ten years until, you know, someone else comes up. So, See, the only reason why I think that I kind of disagree with you is that, is that you just said that The Rock is going to go away after this match. And if Cena, like Cena cut this promo maybe two or three weeks ago, he's talking about how this is everything to him. So if he loses this match... He loses a lot of respect from the the current WWE universe because Rock leaves, he's got nothing, and then everyone's going to just pretty much rip him everywhere he goes even more because he lost to a guy that's part-time. I think that, you know, if any way you could make this guy just turn on the fans, it's that way. It's just make him realize that you lost to a part-timer that just doesn't wrestle as much as you anymore, and you still lost. And you suck. And I think that might be a way of turning John Cena. <laughs> that would be a compelling story. It might give Cena a different uh, character to his, um, you know, to, to everything. But uh, now you had actually mentioned something to Dave um, that, uh, that um, you wondered if Miz would get involved somehow since he's been talking. And before I actually came on the show tonight, um, I headed to WWE.com, and it turned out that Rock and Miz had a promo against each other after Raw went off the air, and WWE.com is hyping it. So, you know, just based on that promo alone, Miz has – and Rock Rock bottomed, Rock bottomed him and dropped the people's elbow. So Miz has enough reason to actually interfere in that match. And I'm wondering if Miz interferes, but then they transition to yet another Cena-Miz feud, and then – 
you know, we just pretend the rock doesn't exist or something. Well, I mean, I guess that's possible, but uh, definitely, I I would like it only because the Miz's promos have kind of been like, you know, I'm forgotten, look at me, et cetera, et cetera, which I think is a is a good spot for him to be in because, um, you know, he needs to do something. I, I think that the Miz is at the point where his career is pretty much you know, hanging by a, by a thread, and it's definitely not a good thing for him to be to be non-existent from WrestleMania, for him to interfere in the biggest match of the card, that would definitely help him. I think that would be a good thing, and I think it's the way that you want to go because, uh, again, what is Cena going to do once once uh, The Rock is is gone? And you know that's that's uh, definitely some interesting stuff there. I didn't know that they had that whole little shtick on uh, WWE.com. Now let me ask you about the other you know real big match that I think everybody's looking forward to. We got. CM Punk in one corner with his alcoholic father and his apparently prostitute sister, and uh, then you have uh, Chris Jericho, one of the one of the great ones. Uh, give me your thoughts on on that whole feud and the way they've built it up. The promo that Jericho did on Monday was absolutely brilliant. His little his sincerely insincere apology and bringing up the sister that was just brilliant. I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about that. Um, when it when he first started. Uh, doing this promo, um, Rick Skaya from Online Onslaught mentioned that his fear was that they would make it about uh, Punk not getting over his father issues, and clearly they're not going that route. You know, Jerka's just simply being a jerk, which is great. Jerka's good at doing that. Um, I, I wish they would mention the WWE title more because it seems, uh, you know, both guys are basically treating the title as ancillary to just beating the crap out of each other. And you know, I think the title should mean more, especially since it's the number one title of the company. But, you know, I don't care. I mean, both guys are technically awesome. Um, it might be the match that steals the show. I, I was actually uh, thinking about WrestleMania three because, uh, you know, that was Hogan Andre headlined, but then uh, Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat stole it. And I'm thinking it's an interest, uh, stole the show. And it's an interesting parallel to today where Rock Cena's headlining, but I have this feeling that Jericho Punk is going to steal the show. And I'm really looking forward to the match. I, I definitely am too, and you have a good point. They haven't really focused on the WWE title as much, and usually that's you know your main title for the company. So um, it, it'd be interesting to see how they end it next week right before WrestleMania. Um, I actually think, and I'm going to make a, maybe it's a bold prediction, but I actually think CM Punk is actually going to retain the title at WrestleMania. I just, I don't know why I'm thinking that, but I just think that CM Punk retaining and having this feud carry on for a couple more months, I know that it doesn't make sense in, in logic terms, but when's the WWE ever logical? Like, why, why would Jericho get a rematch? But somehow he gets a rematch and maybe wins it in another pay-per-view. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, sir? I haven't really thought uh, too much about Punk Jericho for some reason. It, it seems too even at the moment. Um, I mean, Jericho is winning the promo battle, so to speak, but, you know, I haven't really thought about who's going to win. Um, I, I, can see, I, I can see the argument for either way, but given that it is WrestleMania, they usually side with the faces. I'd say the Punk retains because, you know, Jericho can still talk his stupid talk, and – then they can, I don't know, drop the alcohol references and make it actually about the title or something. I don't know. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I can see uh, Punk winning the match. Um, that just seems like the WrestleMania thing to do. If it was a different pay-per-view, I might think that Jericho would wind up winning it. But 
I, I see punk retaining. Folks, we're joined here once again by uh, Pyro Falcon, uh, basically uh, one of the most regular contributors that we have here uh, on Pure Gold. Now, Pyro, we're going to get to the, the crappy part of the card, the, the bootleg part of the card. <laughs> we, The three of us all hate Randy Orton. Give us your thoughts on Orton and uh, Kane, and you know well, what what are they doing with Orton? Wow. I mentioned earlier he's thrown into this, this horrible match. I don't even know what they're thinking, but give us your thoughts on that. I don't think he knows what he's doing. What I loved on him, was it SmackDown? Yeah, it was SmackDown. He came out, and the first thing he goes, uh, you know, he talks in a slow, boring, monotone, Randy Orton voice, says, I don't normally come out here and talk about things. And then for the next five minutes, he proceeds to tell us why that's exactly true, because he sucks <laughs> on the mic. Um, for all I know, he does it literally. Anyway... The guy is awful, and he's a bad match for Kane. I mean, he he can brawl, and Kane can brawl. And I'll I'll admit, the match that they're making this out to be uh, from um, last year in July when Orton had his uh, match with Kane, it was a pretty entertaining fight. And, you know, they can pull out a decent, entertaining brawl match. But that was also... uh, it was either a last man standing or a no holds barred. I can't remember which. Basically, there were no rules. There was no DQ. And, um, you know, that was pretty entertaining. But this, as far as I know, is just a standard singles match. And I don't see how it can possibly be even remotely as entertaining as it was. Uh, it's just this feels like the beginning of a feud rather than the end. But, I mean, to WWE's uh, defense, I suppose, you know, probably the original plan was Orton, Wade Barrett, and... Barrett dislocating his elbow screwed that all up, so they had to pull a match out of their butt. And, you know, they could have done worse, but this is the beginning of a feud, not the end of one. And WrestleMania has always been about the end of feuds. You know, right at the climax, it's the Super Bowl. You know, it's not the first round. So, right. I don't know. Now, I, I oh, could... Oh, by the I way, could... the... Uh, sorry, the, the match in question, by the way, that they're making this about last year, that was my fav- one of my favorite Randy Orton moments because... There was a point in the match where he was standing on the announce table kicking at Kane, and as he kicked, he got his foot caught in one of the monitor holes of the table, and the entire table spilled forward and uh, Orton face-planted on the ring mat, or the mat outside of ringside, and that's that was just fantastic. I hope to see that again at WrestleMania. That would make my night. Mm-hmm. It's it's plain obvious we all we all like loathe Randy Orton here on Pure Gold, so safe to say he'd never be on our show. But uh, I digress. Let me ask you. I mean, I could give the WWE a pass on that match because of injuries and whatnot, like you said, to Wade Barrett. But I cannot give the WWE a pass on the World Heavyweight Title match between Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. I, I just I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than the fact that I don't think that they've built this feud at all. Like I told Dave from Busted Open, I don't think the feud's been built out. Really good. I don't think this is a good opponent for Daniel Bryan. Um, Daniel Bryan should have had a match where, you know, a, another type match like uh, Punk and Jericho, like a great wrestling match. I, I don't know how these guys are going to do in the ring together. Sheamus should easily win this match, I think, and that's why I think it's been poorly pieced together. I think it's it's one-sided at this point. Well, it's not only that, but, uh, you know, all of our, all three of us, our problems with Orton started because he was boring. You know, he he had no personality. And since Daniel Bryan's turned heel, he hasn't really shown much of a personality either. All he's done to be a heel is cheap heat, you know, telling AJ to shut up and 
like on SmackDown saying she didn't look as good in the dress as the mannequin did and all that crap. You know, it's cheap heat. And, yes, the fans are booing him. They're still cheering AJ. DB is clearly a heel. But he's not an interesting one. He's just boring as a personality. You know, I, I don't question his wrestling talent at all. He's a great wrestler. But you're right that he and Sheamus don't seem to match up because Sheamus is, you know, he's a brawler. He's punchy-kicky. And that's not Daniel Bryan's forte, at least not that we've seen. So once they're going to pull out a different side of Bryan or a different side of Sheamus at WrestleMania, you know, it's not very interesting. And the the whole buildup, like you said, is uh, pretty boring, too. I mean, it just kind of randomly came together. Sheamus just came down after Elimination Chamber and hit him with a brogue kick and you know, they, they haven't really given promos against each other. There's no heat there. Daniel Bryan's just a jerk, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And it's interesting because, you know, this is the type of match that I, I am looking forward to it, and I, you know, I thought this was going to be good. I love the fact that they were the they were the uh, card, you know, in the card last year, as it were, the quote-unquote uh, dark match, and now here we go with something else. But the truth is that, when you look at this, the, the, just the build has not been good, and, and they just don't mesh well together. And I agree with what Dave said. I think it would have been better if Orton had somehow been involved in this match. And, of course, you know, I, I definitely do not want Randy Orton in any type of title match. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let, let's move on to this next match, sir. Cody Rhodes, big show. We talked about it earlier. The few, the buildup has been good, considering what it is. It's not a great spot for Cody. It's not a great spot for show. It would have been better, I, I think, to have had Kane and Big Show fighting just throw that match together. And then, of course, having, uh, or, you know, Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry, have the three of them destroy the ring. Um, and have Cody and, and Gold thus feud for the IC title because that would have had a little bit more history and nostalgia to it. Uh, give us your thoughts on that. Uh, give you my thoughts on the Big Show Cody match? Yeah, and, and the, the feud and, and what could have been and, and you know, what isn't. I, I like Cody's um, tactics for, you know, the way he's doing the feud, just making it about uh, Big Show's embarrassing moments. And it gives, um, you know, us a, a reason to hate Cody Rhodes and to see him get his comeuppance. And everything points to Big Show winning the match, so I honestly think he should lose it. I think it's kind of compelling to have uh, Big Show be a reverse undertaker and lose all the time at WrestleMania. And it'll, you know, further establish Cody Rhodes. And, you know, they can Cody can lose at their rematch at the next pay-per-view, whatever that is. Um, I'm not overly compelled by the match, but... I don't mind it as much because Big Show's always been a division killer, and it's kind of hard to, especially with Kane committed to Orton, um, you know, it's kind of hard to have Show fight anybody and make it legitimate. But at least Cody uh, has a reason for it, you know, that Show always chokes. Um, I don't think the match will be all that interesting to watch. I mean, maybe it'll be one of the last matches, you know, between the top two matches, so the fans can cool down and all that, but I, I'm really not looking forward to that one. Um, Cody is Cody has uh, uh, has he's come around in my eyes as a technical wrestler, and I think he deserves better than Big Show. I think he deserves um, I don't know, maybe put him against Daniel Bryan or something. Maybe not for the title, but you know, just just another technical wrestler. But overall, I think you're right that just the matchups are just weird. You know, putting power guys against technical guys, it just doesn't seem to be working other than the top three matches of the card. Right. And when we talk about things not working, we talk about Team Laurinaitis versus Team Teddy Long for, I guess, total yeah. control of being general manager of both shows. And here's the funny thing, Pyro and Dave, I'm sure you don't know this, but 
got an email from w i subscribed to wwe so i got an email from them saying how their next pay-per-view in this area is going to be no way out which is going to be in the east rutherford new jersey um and they're still promoting um this for the raw super shows and i thought that that was going to end at wrestlemania or right after another draft and it seems to me that they're, they're going to continue with these raw super shows just proof positive that the the, the talent the rosters are weak and this match, you know, honestly shouldn't even be at WrestleMania. That's how bad the card is. That's how weak the card is. Your thoughts on this match, and does it make any sense to have a general manager of both shows? I think the match itself has some potential, given who's involved. Like, Kofi and R-Truth have worked fantastically together. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think they've even announced all 12 guys yet, have they? It's like, I think they've announced about four on each side. Um it has potential to be exciting, and if it's because it's a 12-man, uh, everyone can just be at maximum speed the whole time and just tag out whenever they get tired, and you know it, it can be a very fast-paced, exciting match. But the stipulation, I think, is kind of dumb. Um, it because of the stipulation, you know, John Laurinaitis's team has to win because the, it stops being compelling if you have a face GM, you know. So Johnny Ace has to win. We're going to hate it, but he has to win, and then he'll corrupt everything, and then, I don't know, you know, you can go several different ways with the storyline after that. But uh, the match itself I think will be interesting. Um, I just – I'm not overly compelled by it. But given the rest of the undercard, probably the 12-man tag match is the one I'm uh, least hating at the moment. Okay. But touch upon the fact that they're still going to be doing Raw Super Shows after WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, the the rosters are depleted. There's not a whole lot of A-level talent on both rosters. At this point, they should just, you know, end the brand split and be done with it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's where we're heading. Maybe once we get a GM of both shows, we'll start combining the titles or something crazy like that. I don't know. Um you know, I, I wish WWE was different. I wish they were, uh, you know, they had enough stars and depth to, you know, warrant two totally different brands, two totally different shows, but clearly they're not doing that anymore. Oh, and did you guys know um, they're closing uh, the development territory? Well, you know what, let me let me touch on that. Uh, Triple H actually came out, uh, I don't know where, what, how, who, but apparently that's not true, and they're not closing developmental territory. He said oh, that really? that's... Yeah, he said that's not the case. They're not closing anything. Uh, you know, it seems like it's another case for the smart marks, blah, 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 but that they're, they're definitely not going to be closing the uh, the developmental territory, and he doesn't know where that whole mess came from. That's good. So once I heard the story, I was thinking, you know, with uh, if the depth of talent is so bad that, you know, that they're going to close the development territory, then that tells you why they have a super show. But if that was just, you know, a hoax, then... I don't know, but still, you know, they've got to bring up, they've got to make the wrestlers more interesting because, you know, and this is the same problem all three of us have had with wrestling for, you know, however many years. Everyone's cookie cutters, and, you know, no one is really exceptionally interesting outside of a core group of, like, four or five guys, and, you know, that's not enough for two shows. Yeah, that's a good point. Now, uh, any thoughts on the... (laughs) The little Divas title match, uh, I mean, not even the Divas title match, the fact that the Divas match was mentioned, uh, sir? That is the stupidest thing I think WWE has announced in the past six weeks, which is saying something, because, you know, Orton has a match. So, 
it's it's awful. I mean, she she did an okay job, you know. I mean, we we've, we've had physical um the, there were several physical uh guest hosts on Raw and Maria, whatever her last name is, I can't pronounce it, so just Maria M. She did okay. I mean, you know, she she was all right, but she's no wrestler. And I don't know, is this WWE's way of shoehorning a celebrity match into things? The celebrity always wins. So obviously Maria M and Kelly Kelly will win, and it makes the Divas title worth even a little bit less than it already is, which is already pretty damn worthless. I don't know. It's dumb. Just give Beth a title match against, heck, put her in a title match against Karma. Where's Karma been? You know, just, it's it's dumb. It's the, you know, just stay off, T, stay off WWE, Maria. Just go away. Yeah, I agree with that, and it's unfortunate that they're they're even throwing this out there, but Folks, you can always check out Pyro's reviews, his articles on onlineonslaught.com. Anything else, sir, before we let you go? Any other uh, comments or tidbits? Yes, Heinz Ward retired today, and I'm still in mourning. It kills me. But at least he goes out wearing a Steelers uniform and not actually, anything else. Actually, he didn't go out wearing a Steelers uniform. He was wearing a Gotham, what, Ravens jersey or something like that. After he scored a touchdown, the field collapsed. Are you talking about that? Are you talking about the Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> I am. I mean, what a way to go on top. The, the biggest movie ever is going to, you know, retire after that. I mean, that's a good job by Heinz Ward. Maybe that's why he's retiring, because he knows that, that that'll be the highlight of his career, considering he's already won a couple of Super Bowls. There you go. Yeah, that's true. Hey, here's a question for you guys. Is he a Hall of Famer? I would think so. Uh, what about you, sir? I mean, he's got two titles, and he's also one of the top uh, receivers. I forget where he ranks, but he's up there. Uh, I heard I heard something I, I, to that effect today. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I've heard some idiots online saying that, you know, he, he was a great player but not a Hall of Famer, but he's so high in most receiving categories. Uh, you know, and he's still got some years left on him. I don't know why the Steelers are dumb enough to release him in the first place. But, uh you know, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer for sure, but there are just enough people who are moaning about it that, you know, I don't know. Maybe he isn't a first ballot, but he's definitely he'll he'll definitely be in Canton one of these days, one of these years. What do you think? What do you think, Joe? It's a good question. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know he's a two-time Super Bowl champion. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's a Hall of Famer. But um, it's it's close, sir. I'd have to really look at it and get back to you. I know. Pyro definitely thinks so, and so do you, DG. But I, for that, um, we might have to ask our next expert on that. Yeah, there I, I go. think we might. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Pyro. We greatly appreciate it, sir. You're welcome, guys. And if you want me back next week, I'll uh, try to do that for uh, you know our last show before WrestleMania. Your last show before WrestleMania. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, our show. You got it right the first time, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome, guys. Thanks as always. Folks, as always, that was the one and only, the incomparable, Sugar Ray Martel. I, I mean, uh, as the incomparable uh, Mr. Money in the Bank himself, Mr. Main Event, Mr. WrestleMania, Mr. I don't know, I don't know what what else, uh, what other kind of comments we have for him. But uh, we're great, we're grateful to have Pyro on. You know, grateful to have Dave on, and of course, we're always grateful for you, the uh, how shall I say, uh, listening audience. All right. Yeah, sorry about that. Did you either? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on here with our with our studio, but we're having some 
Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon oh, USA go. 2011 and professional video gaming personality. It's hard to define what I do, so I fit right in on the Hi, I'm Anna Prosser, Miss Oregon USA 2011 and professional video gaming personality. It's hard to define what I do, so I fit right in on the show that talks about anything and everything, Pure Gold Radio. All right, Anna. Yeah, good job by Anna. Of course, we uh, we always love uh, having a little promos here. But, sir, we're going to move on to... I like turtles. Yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> we're going to move on to our next part. A little segue into some football. We touched on football with the first two guests, interestingly enough. So for those of you who are listening and getting sick of wrestling, you're going to get all your fill of football as we're joined by the one and only, Todd Johnstone, a.k.a. TJ, a.k.a. <coughs> Mr. Monday Night. Sir, how you doing? A <laughs> hundred shows, huh? <laughs> yeah, a hundred what? Todd, what are you doing? Are you eating like a salami sandwich? I just hear you laughing, giggling, chuckling like a schoolgirl. What What are you up to? Oh, my goodness. You guys, congratulations on the centennial. 100 shows deep. There he is. Thank you. Hey, phenomenal. Todd, let's start off real quick. Uh, give us your thoughts on Heinz Ward. Is he Hall of Famer, yes or no? No. No. Of course, of course not. 1,000 catches, uh, eighth all-time. Uh, no. No, I don't think he, the guy was a great blocker. He was a tenacious runner. Uh, he used to be able to get great separation. That's not going to get you in the Hall of Fame. Not going to happen. Too much, too much mustard, not enough ketchup, right? Exactly. Too much Heinz. Heinz Ward. <laughs> uh, so Todd, what's been going on, sir? Uh, you know, you, it's been a while. We haven't heard from you. I think the last time we heard from you was the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, I mean, free agency is underway. I mean, I love free agency. This is like one of my favorite times of year. We always talk about this. Um, the the intrigue and listening to all the prognosticators, guess where people are going. They've heard this. They've read that. I mean, just, I mean, Peyton Manning getting signed to Denver Broncos yesterday. I mean, Twitter is all a buzz today about Tebow going to the Jets. I mean, it, it's just, it's, Twitter's going crazy. It is going crazy. People are going crazy with Tebow mania. Again. And he's not even the story today. Wait, Wait what is the point? The point is that I have been glued to my Twitter since free agency began. That is the point. Give well, us your thoughts on... Uh, sorry, 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 Joe. Give us your thoughts on Peyton Manning. What do you think about that little move? He went from one horse to another. I thought switching horses was a pretty good move. I thought going to Arizona would have gave him a little bit more complete team, but I can understand him going to the Broncos because he's going to have exactly what Tebow had. He's going to have an offense that's going to be tailored to him. In other words, they're going to give him full control, and that's what he needs. That's what Peyton Manning needs as a, to be an effective quarterback out there. Give him one wide receiver, he'll win you a playoff game. I, I mean, I can't. Yeah, give him a wide receiver and a tight end, he'll win you a Super Bowl. I'm trying to think of a quarterback, sir, that you know won their division for them. Granted, eight and eight won a playoff game and is not the starting quarterback of that team the following year. And Tim Tebow, I mean, is that proof enough that you know Tebow is not a God fan? I mean, come on. Well, I, you know, Tebow is an anomaly. I mean, we spoke about him during the season last year, and I mean, you can't deny the guy because all he's done is win. But his skill set is just terrible. I mean, he's the worst playoff quarterback in history, probably. 
Yeah. I just I, I couldn't see the bringing the guy to a team for any other reason than running the Wildcat. And with the New York Jets, with Rex Ryan and Tony Sperano, are both infatuated with the uh, with the Wildcat. I wouldn't be surprised if he came to the team. I'm just concerned about what we would have to give up for him. I mean, we are talking about a first-round draft pick here, you know, quarterback that did win a playoff game. So I'd be concerned what, we, uh, what we'd have to give up. I did see that we offered a fifth and a conditional fourth, supposedly. Allegedly. Now, the Browns have offered a fourth, supposedly. None of this is confirmed yet. This is all just Twitter rumor, but supposedly that's where we're at. I don't know how I feel about him coming to the team if we do, because I have to agree. Chris Carlin uh, tweeted earlier that he doesn't agree. Adam Shine tweeted earlier that he thought it was a good idea. Bringing him in to play behind Sanchez is going to motivate Sanchez to be a better quarterback. But I have to agree with Chris Carlin, who, <laughs> who tweeted that it's not going to put a fire under Sanchez. It's going to pour gasoline on the situation. I have to agree. I think it's just going to make it worse. Interesting. But, you know, interesting. what's really interesting is the fact that no matter where Tim Tebow goes now, he'll always be a mile further away from God. <laughs> wow, that is that's the dumbest thing. Have you thing been you've waiting ever all night to tell that joke? I have been waiting all night. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's typical JB with his lame jokes, but uh, you know that is a good point. But Todd, we're gonna have to push on hold for a couple of minutes, and we do apologize. We have a special guest calling in, so uh, we'll get right back to you, sir, as soon as we can. And uh, before we actually have this uh this wonderful guest on and of course Todd's part of the show. He doesn't mind we put him on hold all the time. Uh pretty much whenever whenever he calls in, uh, you know, we we just make him hold. But before we, we have our guest, I, I'd like to take a little break. Hey, this is Ana Rodriguez with Texas USA two thousand eleven and I want you to check out Pure Gold Radio at puregoldpg.com. You can listen in to their show every week with David and Joe. They are Simply Pure Gold. And speaking of Simply Pure Gold, speaking of tuning in every week, we are joined by the incomparable, the one and only, Ana Rodriguez, Miss Texas, USA, 2011. And I think she just hung up on us, or maybe she didn't. Uh, again, yeah. folks, Anna, how in the world are you doing? It's only been three months. What's up? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, you just cut out there, but it's all right. We, we can understand what you're saying. No, Listen, Anna, sorry, what did you say? Well, Frank, can you hear me? Yeah, barely. Your phone is didn't, just kind of... This happened last Oh, jeez, we're, we're having trouble hearing you, Anne. I'm sorry. Uh, you must be in, in a bad, uh, in a no-fly zone because uh, I'm not understanding. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. Oh, my gosh. Didn't this happen to us last time? Yeah, the radio. Did. I think that the call went out as well. But um, I'm doing well. Thank you. And, no, thank you very much for that wonderful promo. And I always tell this to Joe off the air, but the reason that that is my favorite promo is because you are the only person – and as I've mentioned on the air several times, I've been the de facto producer of the show pretty much since day one, getting guests and getting them to call in and do the promos. But you immediately sent me the promo. You were excited. You did it. And we just loved it. We loved the fact that you were so cooperative with us because if, if only you knew oh. the hassles that I've had in trying to get that. 
And the whole purpose of it, well, obviously, is that, you know, next week we're going into a studio. You know, next week things are going to change a yeah. bit on the show. And we're also on a second website now, which is ultimatesportstalk.com. So we need the fans who are listening there who may not know the name of the show for us to plug it in there. So, you know, again, we thank you so much for doing us that huge favor. No problem, and I appreciate you even thinking about me to do a promo for you guys. So oh, of course, both of ways. course. <laughs> I mean, considering, you know, considering that um, – well, we finally did get you on. It was worth it, and you were on for our one-year anniversary, so I thought it would be great to have you on for the second time um, on our on our 100th episode. And as I mentioned to you earlier, you are the, you have the privilege of being the only of the Miss USA contestants and pageant winners to come on our show a second time. So, I mean, the honor is just – and then the, just everything is just flowing to you, Anna. <laughs> and Anna's gone, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is almost exactly like what happened the first time she called us. <laughs> you uh you buttered her up so much that I think she might have passed out. I hope uh nine one one gets there on time because <laughs> it seems like Anna Rodriguez has passed out for the moment. Oh, she's back. Yeah, and it looks like she's she's back again. <laughs> That's and, the third time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think three times. Second time, time actually, third time overall. So three strikes are out on us. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but uh, Anna, what have you been up to in the past three months? Like I mentioned, you were on our our one year our, uh, one year anniversary, which is in December, and here we are, actually four months ago, in uh, towards the end of March. So, what have you been up to? Yeah, well, I think the last time I spoke to you guys, I was talking to you. You were talking to us about So something. I moved to Houston, and I signed officially with Paige Parks seven. This is a modeling agency here in Houston, so I've been doing a lot of work for them, and I'm about to go on tour with them for the Simon Mall tour, and I'm just having a really good time in Houston. It feels um, like home. I've really had a good time here. Very good. Yeah. You said the Simon. You said the Simon Mall, Anna. Anna, you said the Simon the Mall. Simon Mall tour. Uh huh. I get texts from them all the time. Is that is that from you? Uh, no, it's not for me. <laughs> no, but I'm excited to go on tour. I actually get to, I don't know if you know this, but I moved in with Brooke Daniels, who's a former Miss Texas USA as well, and I auditioned for the tour, which a lot of people auditioned for it, and we both got it. So I'm kind of excited about that because we're roommates and we both get to go on the same tour. So it's mm. fun. It should be fun. Now, what does the modeling entail? Well, we do a bunch of fashion shows, so we um, travel for their spring tour and, for example, San Diego for them. So it should be fun, hopefully. <laughs> Supposedly, it's a, it's a lot of work. We put in a lot of hours, um, weekends that we go, but I'm sure it's a blast. Yeah, it definitely sounds like fun. Um, you know, it's interesting is that you mentioned to me uh, off the air a couple of weeks back when we tried to set up this whole thing that you're also doing a little bit of uh, uh, consulting and counseling and advising and whatnot. So you mentioned the whole yeah. modeling thing, which is awesome. But tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have um, basically started my own. And I, you cut out once again. What was that? Oh, this is this is good. This is this, this is this definitely an interesting interview, sir. Since we can't hear half of what our guest is saying, Anna, you're still there. Can you hear me? Can yeah, you hear I can me? hear you now. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Well, I, I have been doing a bunch of training and kind of like my own business, and it's called. No way! It's called that. Wait, wait, Anna. Time out. Time out. What is what is it called? Because you completely cut out again. Oh man, it's called another level training, but it's okay. spelled A N A dash T A T R. So I incorporated my oh, name in there. That way they know, you know, who it's about. It's kind of, it's very kind of my fancy. own. Um, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. That's not oh, sorry, very sorry. Every time I you like say that. something, I'm like, oh wait, they can't hear me. <laughs> um, so basically, I incorporated my name because it's kind of my own theory, my own. Um, you know, theory on training, um, basically everything that I've learned the past couple of years that I've competed in pageants as well. That's great. <laughs> throughout my years, and I basically train off of that. You know, I'm big on the mental aspect of competing in pageants, so that's basically what I, uh, my main thing when I is when I train is mental, mental the mental ability. <laughs> well, well, considering that you you have the uh, mental fortitude to go through the you know the Miss Texas circuit a couple of times, you know to win, you obviously know what it's like to have that you know never say die, never give up attitude, which is really great. And the fact, but I love the love that whole another level. That that's great, very clever. Um, yeah. I think that that's awesome. But the fact that you have that and you can pass it on to other girls is really is really a good thing. Now, um, you know, have yeah. you have you ha- had the opportunity to help anybody so far? I mean, h- how has that been working out for you? Yeah, absolutely. I've trained a couple of girls that are competing for the Miss Texas Teen USA title as well as Miss Texas USA, and I've also tapped into Louisiana. So I've I've worked with a couple of the girls from the Louisiana organization. So. You know, hopefully I could just continue to break out and punch out and, you know, hopefully they they like what I have to offer. I feel like I have a lot to offer, um, you know, because of the experience. Yeah, I mean, right. experience is very important. <laughs> yeah. How many, how, many, how many role models would you say you've made? Role models? Uh, you know what? I hope that every single girl that I've worked with has become or will become a role model. Um, but, you know, that, and that's what I... That might be it for Anna. Oh, my God. This can is, you hear me? This is, yeah, I oh, can hear you like, now, yes. This is like a Verizon commercial, except we, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... but Honestly, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can. We can. <laughs> no, it's it's great. You know, the reason why I do what I do is because, you know, when I first started, a lot of people thought, you know, she's competing in a pageant for five years. She's a complete – she's a pageant girl. And that's not what I've considered myself. You know, I feel like I'm one of those girls, not a pageant girl, but a girl that's competed in pageants. And for me, you know, I really want these girls to understand that, obviously, at the end of the day, there can only be one winner – but I want them to know that they can walk away and gain knowledge, gain wisdom, gain experience from what they've just encountered. And for me, working with these girls, I want them to understand that and, you know, hopefully become for when they started, you know. Right. So that's, that's the reason why I do what I do. And so hopefully each one of these girls has become uh, or will become a role model. Of course, and and that's obviously the reason why we we have you on, because you are a great role model for so many kids, and for even these girls, you can be their role model, and they can be role models to other people 
And, of course, why we do what we do is because we find all the stuff fascinating. I mean, most people may hear the show and think that we're really all over the place with wrestling and football, and then we're talking to, to models and we're doing this. But the truth is that Joe and I are – we're men of the world, as it were, and we like to cover everything. Yeah. You know, you know what people want to know. Exactly, which is <laughs> everything. So it appeals to the ladies, Absolutely. it appeals to the gentlemen, it appeals to everyone. Um, Anna, before we let you go, plug in again. Get, give everyone the the Twitter. Give everyone the the website. Every, everything that you've got going on, so we can uh, you know we can give you promotion and and even the modeling company that that you're working for now. And of course, another level. Okay, yeah. So basically, I've started my own business is called another level training so if you want to work with me or just talk to me you can find me on twitter at and i've actually changed my handle it's no longer official on a rod but it is at anna christina you're cutting out again anna christina can you hear me yeah <laughs> yeah oh, i did half our interview commercial. what's the twitter handle so my twitter handle is no longer official on a rod, but it's Anna Christina Rod. And if you want to miss Texas USA 2011 at com. And I guess if you want to keep up with me, just, you know, again, you can email me or follow me. Of course, that, that's always a plus. And, of course, listen to Pure Gold. Oh. <laughs> of course. Because they always have me on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's a, well, we're thinking of uh, maybe a third host, a fill-in or whatever, you know, so so uh, we'll make sure to keep you on file in case that ever comes yeah, up. Yeah, I would love that. Hey, now that you've said it, I'm going to hold you to it. <laughs> hey, hey, we will, you know. I mean, I, I may, my wife may wait me. My wife might make me quit the show in that case, but that's that's neither here nor there. Anna, we Hey-o. thank you. <laughs> we thank you so much for giving us a few minutes, and hopefully you'll be uh, in a good coverage zone pretty soon. So next time you call, it won't be. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? No, we can't hear you now, Anna. <laughs> but thank you so much. I mean, you're great. You're awesome. You're you're one of the, one of the greats, and you are truly pure gold. Thank you. I think she said thank you, but I can't really tell. You still there, Anna? I think she said thank you. You're the guys of the best Pure Gold 100. Let's celebrate. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I think that's what she said. But uh, of course, we're we're you know again thankful for Anna. I have no clue what happened to her, and uh, you know we've mentioned this multiple times with all the the issues that we have had this evening um it's been it's been quite a ride sir now uh, we're going to have to get Mr. TJ back on sir so if you could take care of that that would be much appreciated TJ you back on Sir are you back on Todd, I am there. back on Can you hear me no, now? Here. <laughs> we can shows, hear him crystal so clear 100 shows <laughs> yes, 100 shows well 100 shows at 100 shows. 100 shows with technical difficulties all over the place. It wouldn't be a special if it wasn't, if we didn't have that, that whole situation we just had. Uh, you know, definitely have to uh, have to be thankful for oh, that. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Todd, getting back to football, talk to us. So what else is going on? I mean, uh, I, well, I don't want to just talk Jets. I'd like to talk some, some other teams as well. I mean, uh, to me, it seems like the, the Houston Texans, it's like they're having a fire sale over there. Because now, uh, what's his name, got taken away to, to the Eagles, and I already forgot his name. 
Deshaun Jackson? Terrible correspondent. No. Ah, God, I can't think of the guy's name. But that, the safety. Ah, oh, God, now his name is escaping me. Well, anyway. Leonard Marshall, uh, Lawrence Taylor, uh, Joe no, Namath, everything. Like, <laughs> it does seem like the uh, the Texans are having a fire sale over there, that they're just losing players left and right, especially off their defense. I'd like to see what they're going to win next year. Yeah, what do you think I'd about like, the uh, you know, what do you think about the Niners, sir? They're two. They had right. their two defensive ends on uh, total access tonight from the Texans. <laughs> and Warren Sapp asked them, you know, how they felt about uh, how last year went. Were they that good or was it just that Peyton Manning was on the sideline? <laughs> I, it was very interesting to watch the two guys squirm. You know, I mean, that's what I love about Warren Sapp being on TV. Is he is just really honest when he asks questions. He just, he'll say anything. He's fantastic. Of course, yes, he is now. What do you think about the uh, the Niners resending Alex Smith and bringing over Mario Manningham? Oh, the the uh, the jilted lover. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that that was pretty interesting too. Uh, him going to to Miami to even have a conversation with them to me was just you know stomping you know stomping feet and holding breath is all that was you know just jilted lover nonsense. If not the, if not the 49ers, then uh, the the remainder of his career in obscurity. I think that that was safe to say. I mean, he has just been a train wreck until last year. And the only reason that he had the season that he did last year was because one guy believed in him, and that was Harbaugh. So, I mean, why would he go anyplace else? You're going to go, really? You're going to go to Miami? Really? Really? <laughs> really? I mean, come oh, on. man. <laughs> Miami's a nightmare. That franchise is a nightmare right now. Everything bad that I had ever hoped would ever happen to Miami is actually finally coming to fruition. I had to wait 20 years for it, but it's finally <laughs> happening. Well, that's good. What about the, <laughs> what about the fact that the draft is right around the corner? Um, outside of luck going number one, is there any other surprises that you expect? Um, I'll tell you, I haven't really been paying attention too much to this year's uh, draft class. Uh I I'm convinced that we're that we're going to get a pass rusher. Um, I would like it if we could get that uh, the running back from Alabama, but I just don't see that happening. He's going to be gone before we get to 16. Um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with the Giants, who they're going to take. And being that they lost uh, Mario Manningham, uh, I'd be curious to see if they're going to try and replace him. Uh, and if they if they can't get a uh, a top-flight wide receiver, are we going to see what Victor Cruz is really made out of? True. That's a good point. I, I mean, to me, Manningham is, you know, that's a spare part for the team. He, he made the great cats that'll live in infamy, uh, you know, if you're a Pats fan. But same thing with, uh, Vic, not Victor Cruz, same thing with David Terry, that amazing catch and, you know, I mean, that not much else. I definitely don't think that uh, Tyree – uh, excuse me. I definitely don't think that Manningham is, is a big loss. The Giants seem to just mass produce wide receivers, so that doesn't concern me at all. Yeah, it really does. I mean, so that's that's why I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Victor Cruz. I mean, it seems to me that the curse of the New York Giant wide receivers don't catch any passes in the Super Bowl. Or you're going to be out of a job. That's a good point. <laughs> that seems about right. That's definitely a good point. <laughs> So who else? I mean, the the Eagles are they they re-signed Deshaun Jackson. So what? So what? What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they 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 have their uh, their dream team, you know, 
plus one or whatever. I mean, the Eagles are the Eagles stink. They just stink. They have so many weapons and they just can't seem to play together. I don't know what their problem is. It's not like they're the Washington Redskins who are just awful. I mean, they have all the pieces in place and they just can't play. Ben Jarvis, Dallas. What do you think about that one, Joe? Rumor has I mean, it that the Jets are chasing down the law firm. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that'd be a good move. You said that the 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 all season would be complete with the safety that they signed yesterday from Washington. Uh, for me, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I wanted a safety, and I want a uh, I want a pass rusher in the draft. I'm good. I'm set. I was kind of hoping that we were going to be able to get um, uh, what's his name that went to Cincinnati. Now I can I forgot his name too. I've been so focused on. Uh, on Twitter tonight, I can't remember anybody's names. I've just been giggling about this whole Tebow thing like, all night long, just following the, the feed. It's just been ridiculously funny. Giggling like, like a little schoolgirl. I am. I mean, the Laura, the Laura Landry signing for me was huge. We definitely needed somebody at safety. I, I like my nickname for Jim Leonard is, and my kids can tell you, I call him Hero because the guy's my hero. I mean, he's like five foot ten, playing playing safety. He throws his body around. The guy's a maniac. But, Joe, you've heard me say he gets beat in coverage way too much. He's the smartest guy on the field. I get it. He's tenacious and tough as nails and very rarely misses a tackle. But he's just too short. He just can't run with those big guys across the center. And, you know, I mean, there's no way you can put Leonard on Gronk. What are you going to do? Are going to waste Darrell Rivas or Antonio Camardi on him? Can't do it. You need somebody bigger, somebody faster, somebody stronger. I mean, Cromartie was tweeting uh, during the week when we didn't sign, uh, what the hell is his name, when they went to uh, Cincinnati. He, he was saying that he's going to be moving to free safety because somebody's got to play the position. I thought that that was pretty funny. That was a uh, definitely a nod to, uh, what's his name, the kid that we drafted two years ago. I can't remember anybody's names tonight. I'm a mess. Well, of course, Todd. That's, we, we expect nothing less from you, sir. But uh, Kyle speaking Wilson, of- that's it. Yeah, well, Speaking of being a mess, God, uh, this whole this whole segment has been a mess. This whole part of the show has been a mess, and it's, there's no other way we would have it here in Pure Gold than to have Todd. Are you have rambling. a show on the internet? Are you have a show on the internet? We've got rambling on the uh, on the internet. Uh, listen, Todd, we we thank you so much for giving us a few minutes as we're heading towards the close out of this this uh, 100th episode spectacular. Hopefully, it won't be another hundred episodes before we have you on, sir. Uh, we'll definitely be on before the draft. That's for sure. No, oh, that, that's always a plus. Todd, again, thank you so much for giving us, uh, you know, a few hey, minutes and uh, sharing your take. Thank you, sir. In all, in all sincerity, congratulations on Andre's show, guys. Really well done. Thank you, sir. Uh, we really appreciate thank it, you. folks. That was the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only, Mister Todd Johnstone, and a little more from our commercial sponsor, sir. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. And that, of course, is the incomparable Josh Eisenberg. That's a great promo, great segue as we head towards the close of the show. Uh, and Josh, as a matter of fact, will be on our show for the third time next 
uh, Tuesday. I was going to say next Wednesday. I don't know what I'm thinking, but next Tuesday, Todd, uh, hopefully we have him on. Hopefully we'll have uh, all these other you know people on. But Josh Eisenberg from WrestleZone.com and Chairshot Reality, as he mentioned, will be joining us next week. Sir, next week is a big show. There's there's a good possibility we have a huge meeting on Thursday, sir. And there's a good possibility that next week will be the beginning of uh, the the new and improved Pure Gold. As we there's a chance, sir. There's a big chance we will be in our brand new studio. Yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, the first hundred shows have been in this old rundown studio, but hopefully now that we've reached the century mark, episode 101 might be back in our new studios. Can't wait for that. But, sir, I mean, think about this. A hundred, a hundred episodes in, that's a lot of guests. That's a lot of questions. That's a lot of everything. Not only is it a lot of everything, it's also a lot of this. Bang, thing. bang, 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 bang. Bang. Folks, that was the incomparable Jim Lampley joining us here on, on Pure Gold Radio. Definitely a blast from the past. Um, and speaking of blast from the past, sir, the last thing that I have on my agenda tonight is the fact that our beloved New York Metropolitans have settled out of court. They've ended the Bernie Madoff you know, court, whatever you want to call it. they settled, and it looks like they're going to only end up paying $74 million dollars and I, when I say only, it could have been a lot worse for them. The one question I have for you, sir, are you happy about this? Or are you sad about this? The fact that the Wilpons will be the owners of this team for generations to come now. I'm, I'm very sad. I'm devastated. I'm crushed. Hell, but if the <laughs> Wilpons turn around and, you know, put do something decent and put some money into the team and, uh, you know, take care of business and get us a world title, I don't think either one of us is going to be complaining or, or caring about them. But the truth of the matter is that uh, it's been uh, it's been a mess. It's been a slop fest. It's been it's been a disaster being a Mets fan, and it's unfortunate that uh, it's great that this was settled finally. But I was kind of hoping that they'd be forced out and somebody else would buy the team. But that does not look to be the case. Um, you know, seventy four million is not bad, and hopefully they'll get more people to buy in the minority shares, and the Mets will get a serious influx of, of cash, so that way uh, we can take care of business. Yeah, I mean, you're right, but is that is that is it safe to say for us fans that this year is a throwaway year? I mean, they're not going to infuse any money this year, right? Uh, no, definitely. I I don't see it happening at all. So, I guess no the yeah, I guess the question becomes, you know, does David Wright end his career as a Met do, do they sign him to a long-term extension or does he go like the rest of them have gone, you know, Jose Reyes Lost the free agency. It just, I mean, I'm I'm pretty upset because I thought that the Wilpons, you know, for as much as you think that they spent money, it's just money that was it was spent, but it wasn't wisely spent. And of course, we could second guess all these things, but I just I was tired of the Wilpons, sir. Right after they basically lied to the fan base, like I said, uh, shows way shows shows a couple months ago. Once you lie to your fan base, you lose all credibility, and I don't think you ever recover that. And that was a disgrace. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> sir. I mean, that that was that was absolutely a disgrace. Wait a second. What is the point? That's it. I don't know, Joe. What is the point? Um, you know, we're we're here. We are. Last few minutes of the show. 
heading toward the closeout. Um, the truth is that you're right. The Wilpons are a disgrace, and it's unfortunate that we're going to be stuck with these guys as the owners of this team. But what can we do? If you and I had the money, we would buy this team, and the Mets would be world champions in two years. Yeah. So going back to PG, episode number 100, it's truly amazing that, you know, we've reached episode 100, like you said, you know, to think about 100 episodes and all the guests and all, all the work, all the preparation that goes into it, and now to think that next week we might actually have a third member that's going to actually help us make the show even better. I mean, it, I have goosebumps just thinking about our meeting on Thursday and potentially making this show even better than it is right now. Well, I tell you what, if the meeting goes as planned, this show will be much better. It will take quite a load off my shoulders to have an actual uh, legitimate producer. We've joked about it. We joked about fates. We joked about flips. You know, they're both useless So, um, in terms of this show. So, you know, the truth of the matter is that we're 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 in the works. We're contracts, paperwork might be signed on Thursday for us to have our very own legitimate producer helping us, which is, of course, where the studio comes into play. So we're really excited and, and thankful about that. And just just uh, quite happy, uh, I have to say. Just quite happy about everything going on with the show. And I just spoke with Hans uh, off the air. You know, I've been communicating back and forth, and I, I thought that it would be best served if we leave his segment for next week so that we can close out the show on a high note instead of going out low ball. <laughs> nice. Go ahead, close this out, sir. <laughs> Folks, this is Pure Gold. You are listening to the greatest show in radio. We'd like to thank you so very much for uh, for joining us this evening. I mean, some great stuff, and uh, as always, a classic show. We'd like to thank Dave LeGrecker from Busted Open on SiriusXM for joining us. We'd like to thank Pyro Falcon from Online Onsell for joining us. We have to thank the incomparable, the wonderful, the talented Anna Rodriguez for joining us, Miss Texas USA 2011. That little part of that little segment was uh, was interesting to say the least. But Anna was in a bad uh, area, bad coverage zone for for her cell phone, whatever plan she has. But you know, we thank her so much for joining us here again on our second uh, special anniversary show. So of course we have her on, and you know she's 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 classic, she's pure gold. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, you, the listening audience. Again, can't forget to mention Todd. Thanks so much to him for joining us. And uh, we're just thankful for the show, thankful for all the blessings, as it were. Um, just pumped up, excited, can't wait for next week. We are ready, we are locked, we are loaded. This show is going to get better than ever. I guarantee you, mark my words, the facts are the facts and the numbers don't lie. Speaking of what doesn't lie, pure gold, greatest show on radio. Make sure to check us out next week, 10 p.m. We go back to our normal uh, standard time with Josh Eisenberg from WrestleZone.com and Chairshot Reality. And we're also trying to get Francesca Zapatelli on again. Uh, Francesca was on about three four weeks ago. Uh, and she, Her movie made it into a festival, which I mentioned last week, the Santa Monica Film Festival. So we're going to have her on for a few minutes to talk about that. And possibly, maybe, definitely, Hans, uh, once again, stalling us to get him on the show. PureGoPG.com. Thank you so much, folks. I've plugged the show enough. I've, I've done enough. There's just no, there's nothing more to say. No, wait, no, 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 wait a second. No, wait a second, David. Wait, David, David. First of all, wait a second. First of all, wait a second. Wait a second, David, for a second. Let me stop. Wait a second. That is by far one of my favorite clips. Sir, gotta love it. The goodness right there. What can I say? Shut up, shut up. Commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday. Hit me out. Gone. Where they 
As a special tribute to the when we first started this show, here we go. Block Talk Radio. Are you ready? On the air, folks. <laughs> that is some good stuff. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> gold. Good night, everyone. Oh, woo. Eyes are very nice. Oh, woo.